You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Conquer the Overworld. Overboss is a new game featuring retro villains of Boss Monster. Emerge from your dungeon and conquer the overworld in this devious tile placement game for 1-5 to five players. Draft terrain tiles, recruit monster tokens, and build the most powerful map. To maximize your power, you'll need to collect and build clever combos. Welcome to Tabletop Arcana. I'm your host, Justin, and today we're bringing you a review of Overboss, a boss monster adventure game. This is put out by Brotherwise Games, and it was designed by Aaron Hesborn and Kevin Russ. Goes 1-5 to five players, ages 8 up, plays in 20-30 to 30 minutes. The MSRP for Overboss is $44.95. Boss Monster was a vastly popular retro arcade looking card game put out by Brotherwise Games, and with its successors and follow-up expansions, this is a new game set in the same universe using that same pixel art graphics, but not a card game anymore. Now we're getting a tile placement game. So if you're familiar with things like uh, Between Two Cities or even Carcassonne, going to be a familiar territory for you. Let's talk about the first impressions of this box. It was on Kickstarter and they did uh, quite a bit of goodies and upgrades throughout it. So it does have a lot of initial presence on the table. There is this big, colorful, big boss monsters right on the front cover, along with this big fantasy RPG video game looking world, which is really what the whole nostalgia period of boss monster was all about and references in a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor and this game still has a lot of that in it but it seems to have expanded beyond that and tried to carve its own piece of the world out there with you now they did team up with game trays to have a storage tray inside the box which is well done it's done in that nice purple that overboss seems to carry throughout its theme the player boards are really well done too they're nice stiff cardboard boards double-sided so you can actually play a three by four grid or a four by four grid if you want a little bit longer game in our testing i noticed the game length did extend a little bit on the larger board but not by a dramatic amount so it's actually kind of nice if you want a little bit longer game but still don't want to sit there for hours either the tiles and cardboard and all that is top-notch good quality they're all backed nicely the tiles and tokens are pretty much straightforward they're only cards that actually exist in this game are either f- to have your bosses your deck of uh, command cards for the bosses and a randomizer deck to figure out what terrain types you're going to be using in your game because you only get to use five of them but the game comes with 10 different terrains so you can get a lot of variety out of this and they even mark five of them as basic which have the simplest rules and are recommended for your first playthrough likewise another nice thing and first impression i have on this is it can be about as simple as you can be and then they have little baby steps you can play a small board no extra rules you can play a large board no extra rules. You can add the bosses to uh, give yourself a special power and a special scoring mechanic for only you alone. And you can add the command cards, which when you build your tiles in a certain way will allow you to adjust your own board or possibly another player's board, depending on what you want to do with that and giving a little bit more aggressive uh, player versus player action on that. All of those are modular pieces, so you can mix them all together, have a big board with bosses, with command cards, or take and pick what you like out of that. When learning the game, definitely recommend going with the basic five terrains and then the simple board and nothing else. 
just to get the base mechanics down. And then your subsequent game, because it won't take you very long on the first one, add something more, and then add something more on the third game, and add something more on the fourth game. And you can kind of get this built-up experience with this, which is really what I find most welcoming with a game like this. There is no wrong way to play it, and it doesn't really feel like an incomplete game if you're not using all the pieces. So some of the good things that Overboss does, uh, it keeps the scoring mix simple, when using it. You can choose your terrains or you can randomize it depending on how you and your playgroup feel, but none of the scoring mechanics are really overcomplicated once you've seen them before. Now you may have not seen these mechanics before, but if you've played something like Between Two Cities or Carcassonne, you may have seen these scoring mechanics before and you'll go, oh, this one behaves like the restaurants and, and entertainment districts in Between Two Cities. It's one of those things, if you're familiar with other games, you'll pick it up a little bit faster, but if you're not familiar with games uh, of that nature, it's okay too, because they have a nice big reference sheet that has all the scoring laid out, including examples. The rulebook is the size of the box, but not the thickness of the box, and only is eight pages long, including a full front page of components and a full back page of a scoring example. That being said, and that includes all those little modular rules, so the core rules are really like a four-page document, a couple extra pages for the expansion rules on the a little bit more complex stuff, some examples, some components, you're done. Uh, they do keep a solo mode available to you, and that solo mode is nice because it is a separate sheet, so you, it has its own rules, the, kind of a campaign where you're going from one boss to the next boss and trying to keep a score, and you're almost like a solitaire game, you're trying to get as best scores you can. There's some side quests and objectives that they give you, which is really neat to give you a focus on your solo game, opposed to what's my high score only, because there's ways to manipulate and get a better high score. You can also set your difficulty on that solo campaign mode, which I really enjoy, because if you are you know, more practiced or better at the game, or just want to give yourself a challenge, there's less room for error on that type of difficulty, so you have to play a bunch of games, and you have less games you can potentially lose. The other last thing, rule mechanic-wise, that's on there is one uh, slightly stiff reference sheet, which has set up on one side, and all the terrain scoring and uh, token scoring on the backside, and likewise there is a scoring pad in there too, but either way, that's it. It keeps it light, it keeps it fresh. You get a little bag for the randomization of the tokens, and you're, you're in and out, and it's a lot of fun plays really well at two players, plays fairly well with more players too. The big thing uh, that I enjoy is that there's a four tile market that's paired with a random token. So it's a random tile, random token pairing. You don't really get to have much dictation in that. Caveat, there are some bosses. If you end up using their special powers that can manipulate those markets, that market a little bit. And there's one terrain type that manipulates the market a little bit. But for the most part, you pick a tile, you pick a token, you put them on your board, and then you start building and placing based on what you're trying to score and how you're trying to score it. And that's very dependent on what four available are to you. Now, one thing I do enjoy is in a higher player count game that rotates out a little bit more between your turns. In a two-player game, it's really like, okay, I pick this, there's a new one. If my opponent picks the one that just refilled off of the one I picked up, I still have the three I passed the first time around and then whatever might need new. So uh, we had a, a scenario where there was one terrain type, the Cloud Cities, that we really didn't, neither of us really wanted to deal with with the way that how they were scoring because we were already bought into a lot of other terrain types and they get, their value goes down as you have other terrain types on your board. So both of us were passing on and then at one point we had a full row of four of those and I had to make that choice of like, oh, nope, that's the time I have to pick that, which isn't the bad, but it was 
one of the things I like a little bit better on the higher count games is that gets a little bit more around. There's also less opportunity for one person to monopolize a particular terrain type or token type, which evens out the scoring a little bit better. Now, those are the good things. There's some opportunities in this game, like any other game we have. One of those opportunities is terrain tiles themselves are nice. They're big, they're chunky, they fit on their board very nicely. However, with you needing five different terrains, plus you always include eight dungeons, you have a tile stack of 68 tiles. Not the easiest thing to shuffle, not the easiest thing to have on the table and stay on the table in a nice even stack. There's a couple different ways you can make multiple mini stacks. You can deal with this a couple different ways, but that seems to be one table problem. If in a higher count game, I definitely div say divided in looks two. One trick I learned from Between Two Cities actually was use the box lid as your terrain tile cup. None of the terrains really manipulate what is in the stack, only what's in the market. So the face up market is up and face up and no big deal but all the potential draws can be put in the box lid and you can just have the box lid, shake it, draw one from the box lid anywhere in there and you're doing just fine. That would be my one recommendation based on playing it a bunch of times to say the workaround that worked for me, but you may need to find your own method. Having a giant 68 tile stack on the table is probably not the right one. In higher player count games, I would say either put it in the lid and the bottom or have just two stacks of 34 and hope that uh, you got the ones in your stack better than the ones in the other stack. There's some opportunity on some of the component quality, I think, as well. The terrain cards and the command cards are, are mini American size, which are fine. I have no issue with those. The boss monster cards feel like they could have been a little bit like a heavier cardstock or something of that nature, just to give them a little bit more importance or heft. Nothing too bad. I don't, you don't shuffle them. You don't really deal with them. It's more of a, a flip mechanic is all you're dealing with. So it's not the end of the world with how neat and important they could have been. Could have been a nice little upgrade to have a little bit heavier cardstock. And likewise with a small rule book like this, maybe a heavier paperweight. I've in our short time playing it, I have already noticed that the wear and tear on the rule book is already starting to show up based on just flipping through and looking through scoring mechanics. So it's just one of those things. If those were upgraded just a tad more, I wouldn't have as, uh, any issues with them. Uh, likewise, the sol uh, while the reference sheet is a nice uh, cardstock, the solo rules is very flimsy. And that's that was another one I was not 100% keen on. Through the stretch goals and things like that, they were able to get uh, unique art for each of the 12 tiles of each of the terrain types. So I give a lot of kudos to that. And I know initial concept was to only have like two styles uh, you know, of six each. And I think if that ended up being the case, it may not have had the, the table presence that Overboss really does have with all of that variety on it. If there was a way to refresh the market uh, a little bit more easily, if people are passing on things, I would have probably appreciated that as a secondary mechanic. Well, as you can tell, I did enjoy Overboss from Brotherwise Games. I do think it has a lot of fun merit and i know we had a lot of enjoyment out of it i would recommend it for anyone who's looking at tile laying games that are not very player competitive so to say you don't really have a lot of take that moments unless you're using the command cards and if you want that they're there if you don't want that don't use them the combination of the tiles and the tokens at the same time and being paired and having being placed and there's individual scoring mechanics based on both of them i think adds enough of a, a tile placement game that this isn't necessarily a game that has something that's quite just like it. 
So it's different enough if you like the type of game it is to still pick it up, even if you already have games in this vein. So it has a little bit for everything in that sense. If you're not a fan of pixel art, if you're not a fan of bright, colorful animation or, or, or video game references, that's where this theme may fall a little short for you. And if you're looking for super deep cutthroat strategy to screw your neighbors over, unless you're using the command cards, it's not there. And even with the command cards, it's a little tricky to pull off unless you're actively going for it. So there's usually a little spike in people's plans, but not necessarily derailing them so completely that they can't come back from the game. The MSRP for Overboss is $44.95. I do feel it hits pretty much that because it's mostly tokens, cardboard, and, and chits. So it has a lot of component quality there. There's a lot of gameplay that you can get out of this. And with seating from both uh, solo mode up to five players, you can get a lot of players around the table enjoying this one. Plus, with how fast it goes, you can get a lot of games in a night or mix this into your regular game night section. So I think it hits right around the right mark. If it was 40, uh, like the Kickstarter price was, very good value there. If they push it to 50, still would have a lot of value in the game, but probably would have that little bit since overreach. So 45, right in the middle. I think I hit the sweet spot on the price tag for this one. That's Tabletop Arcanum's review of Overboss from Brotherwise Games. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you follow us on social medias. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hit those like, subscribe, and follow buttons. However you need that notification, let you know we have new content out for you. Likewise, leave us a comment. However it is that you want to reach out to us, happy to hear and engage with you. As always, thanks for listening, and happy gaming. to Tabletop Arcanum, produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.